Take your Bible and turn to Numbers chapter 21. But I want to try to give you a message tonight, uh, just an encouraging message. <coughs> and uh, I hope you'll listen, pay attention, and let God speak to your heart. I'm going to talk about something tonight. The sin of all sins as far as I'm concerned. The sin that stops the church cold. The sin that stops the home sin that stops your Christian life and it happens to everyone nobody here is immune from it and you have to fight your way through it sometimes but you make up your mind to do it so look at verse 4 of Numbers chapter 21 the Bible says and they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to come past the land of Edom and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Their soul was much discouraged because of the enemy? No. Their soul was much discouraged because they didn't have enough goods and victuals and money and all those things? No. It says they were discouraged because of the way. What was the way? It was what they longed for. It's what they dreamed for. It's what they wanted. They wanted God to lead them to the promised land. They wanted to, they wanted to go to the promised land. And here they're on their way but they get their way and what they're discouraged. We're so much like our children, aren't we? They're discouraged on the way to what they said they wanted, God wanted. And I just want to give a little warning to you that uh, the things we desire and the things we want that are good, if we don't finish and we don't stay with it, they can turn into something bad. It's up to you and I. It's up to us. And I'm glad to, to place my block tonight. Okay, I'm going the first block. Uh, uh, but I want you to not let anything stop you. Do all you can to make this the greatest time of your life, because you can if you try to. But tonight I want to talk to you on this subject. What happens when a Christian gets discouraged? What happens when we get discouraged? Oh, it's no big deal, preacher. I, I'm, just, I'm just a little discouraged. That's like saying you're a little drunk. Discouragement is a sin. Discouragement will stop the work of God in its tracks. Discouragement will defeat your home and defeat your marriage and defeat you. Tonight we must learn how to avoid discouragement in our lives to the best of our ability. Let's pray. Father, bless us now for a moment. I pray that you'll help me to be simple and short and to the point that we can listen and here and I pray you'll bless the people as they sit here in the sun and I pray that you'll give comfort to us as we look forward to the future and Lord may we have an excitement tonight though I pray people will start walking around with excitement excitement on your hearts and in their face and Lord just looking forward to everything that goes on at the church house we're not going to miss nothing we're not getting away from church help them to determine that tonight we'll thank you for it in Jesus name Discouragement is one of Satan's best weapons. And some of the greatest men of the Bible and men of God that I've even known have been defeated by discouragement. When we get discouraged, we become another person. When we get discouraged, we think differently, we act differently. We don't listen as well as we should listen. And so the one thing we've got to avoid in our lives is if you can avoid discouragement, you have a pretty good chance of never backsliding. 
you've got to keep yourself in control. Well, I'm waiting on the preacher to encourage It doesn't work that way. Preacher can't encourage you. A sermon can't encourage you. And if you're looking to those things to encourage you, you're never going to stay encouraged. You've got to learn how to encourage yourself. And you've got to learn how to take responsibility for you and to make up your mind to keep yourself from becoming discouraged. When we get discouraged, there's some things that will happen. Our prayer life, first of all, will be affected. A discouraged person is not a good prayer warrior. A discouraged person gets uncomfortable in their prayer life. They pray the wrong prayer. In the Bible, you find illustration of this. You find that Moses prayed the wrong prayer. Moses prayed to die. As a matter of fact, he didn't just pray to die. He asked God to call a timeout and come down and murder him. That's how discouraged he was. Moses prayed to die. And then Elijah, he prayed to die. He ran from all those women preachers and all those false prophets, and he ran from them. And uh, he, he, he quit being courageous. He became discouraged. Discouragement is a sin, and we need to admit it. Elijah said, is it not enough? Is it not enough? He says, I've, I've done this and done that, and he lists off his accomplishments to God, like God doesn't know him. And he started telling God all he's done, all he's done, and he's weary and he's tired. He says, is that not enough? Have you ever got like that? God, I've done enough. Our family's done enough. Uh, we've given enough. We've hung on long enough. No, God put you in a place to fulfill something, it wasn't to quit. God put you somewhere to finish what you start. And the greatest opportunity you have is now God giving you this opportunity to move on. But you'll pray the wrong prayer. You don't know how to pray. Is it not enough? That's not a way to pray. Oh, you need to thank God for all the opportunities he gives you to do. So when we get discouraged, we are going to pray the wrong prayer. Our prayer life is affected. Secondly, our conversation becomes the wrong thing. We talk about things we shouldn't talk about. We major on things we shouldn't put at the top of our list to bring about. Uh, this is what Job did. This is exactly what he did. He, in Job chapter 3, he cursed the day he was born. He cursed all he had. Job, the righteous man, Job, the great man we talk about, but he became discouraged. And you, ladies and gentlemen, Job can get discouraged, you can get discouraged. Job became discouraged and he talked about things he shouldn't talk about. He cursed his days and the day was born. That's a very dangerous thing to tell the Creator. You don't appreciate your life. You don't like the way it's turning out. You want something done about it. And pitch a little fit. And uh, Job, though, he got discouraged his thinking the way he thought and uh, he uh, forgot that God was the one who, who did everything and drew everything the way it should be and then David did uh, the same thing and I'm not going to go into detail I can have you turn to these verses but in Psalm 16, 116 and verse 14 David said I said in my heart my haste all men are liars all men are liars I said in my haste that sounds like something you and I would join in on. We'd amen it at least, wouldn't we? 
He said, all men are my liars. He shouldn't have said anything like that. He said, there's nobody I can depend on. There's nobody that's my friend. There's nobody that loves me. There's nobody that cares. There's nobody I can put faith and confidence in. Ladies and gentlemen, you cannot get that attitude in church. You cannot get that attitude and do something great for God. You've got to realize you need each other. Y'all got to help each other. You've got to build each other up and lift each other up and keep each other going and, and push each other. And uh, don't let anything turn you aside or stop you. He said the wrong thing. He said, oh, oh I can't trust anybody. That's a pitiful excuse for not doing anything. And it was not, that's some excuse we give today. We can't do anything because we can't trust anybody. We can't do anything because nobody wants to serve God. We can't do anything. And you, you know how the list goes. If you go on and on. So you'll pray the wrong prayer. You're discouraged. How's your prayer life? If you're honest, you know if it's right or not. If you're discouraged and all, you're not, you're not praying with power. You're not enjoying praying. Prayer is, it can become a miserable exercise if you're not right with God, you're not close to God. You pray the wrong prayer. Elijah prayed to die. It's enough, he said, it's enough. Have you ever been there? He said, it's enough. I just wish God would take me home. If I asked for a raise of hands, you'd be surprised, I believe, how many would raise their hands. In a day of weakness, in a day of anger, in a day of frustration, in a day when you didn't understand something, we quit trusting God. And we wanted things our way. And we said the wrong thing to God. You'll say the wrong thing and pray the wrong prayer. And then you will think the wrong thing. How's your thought life? You take time to meditate on the word of God and meditate on the goodness of God. You take time to meditate on those who have been a blessing to you and a help to you and encouragement to you. You take time to meditate and thank God for special people that have come across your life and lifetime. Uh, when you get discouraged, you won't do that. And it says, this is where they, they got Job cursed today and died. David did the same thing. And uh, uh, everything starts to go wrong. Your prayer life's not right. Then you think the wrong thing. God doesn't hear my prayers. Nothing's happening. Why ain't God hearing my prayers? Ladies and gentlemen, you can't pray a prayer that God doesn't hear. You can pray something that he won't answer. But God hears. And he hears every time you call. But you've got to understand that God doesn't answer every prayer because of sin in your heart and life. You're not getting prayers answered, but you know why. You don't have to get somebody to tell you why. You know why. In your heart and in your soul, where you really are in your relationship with God. Are you angry at someone? You're mad at somebody? Maybe you're mad at the preacher. Maybe you're you're mad at somebody else in the church. You're mad at somebody who did you wrong. And you miss the blessings of God because of your feelings. And your feelings will lie to you. They always do. Nobody hears me. Nobody cares about me. And you think the wrong thing. You think the wrong thing. You think about people in the Bible. John in prison. John the Baptist, who Jesus said, the greatest man born a woman on earth. Okay, John's the greatest. John, really? Who is that in frantic mode calling his disciples into the jail to visit with him? Why, well, it's John. 
he says to them, he says, I've got to know he's the one. I've got to know he's the real one. Well, John, we thought that was settled. You told us he was the one. You already settled that. And uh, John says, I've got to know. Before I die, I've got to know he was the one. I've got to know. And he sent his disciples to question Jesus and, and ask him, was he the one? What a lack of faith. But ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the greatest man. Jesus said, born a woman. Let's not act like we don't have moments like that. Let's not pretend that we have days like that. And sometimes we let those days become weeks. Those weeks become months until we have hurt ourselves and hurt our family and destroyed our testimony. John in prison, he thought the wrong thoughts. He was thinking that Jesus had forgotten him and everybody had forgotten him. And then Martha and Mary, they thought the wrong thoughts about Jesus. They started on, well, you know, talking to each other, you know, Mary, yes, Martha, if, if Jesus had been here, Lazarus would have never had to die. If Jesus had just been here, you know, Lazarus would have never had to go through all this. If Jesus had been here, we wouldn't have had to go through all this worry and fretting and all the things we've done. How sad. This house that Jesus chose as a place that no oasis wanted to come to, here they are questioning God and questioning whether God hears them and loves them. And we've got to realize that this can happen to you and I. It can happen to us. We've got to make sure that we say the wrong, right thing and not the wrong thing to others. Your words carry weight, especially if you're going through a trial. If you're going through a trial, uh, people will quote you. Most people don't want to quote something good. You ought to be smart enough to know that. You know? They don't quote anything good, but if you say something bad, something that casts a shadow of doubt, they will be glad to repeat that. That's how human nature works. So John in prison, and then Mary and Martha, they all said the wrong thing, and they all believed the wrong thing, and they all were thinking in a way that was improper and not correct. You've just been here, Lord. You know the best thing you can do is don't think about what you think God should have done. Think about what God has done. You don't know what God should have done. You don't know what God is doing. God's work is the sum of all his creation. It's the sum of all his world. And we do not have an answer key. And we're not going to have an answer key. We have to realize that, that, that what God does is his business and we're not to question it. We're not to second guess it. We're to rejoice in, that he loves us and keep on serving God like we should. And uh, they begin to question God, Jesus, that way. So you say the wrong thing. You'll think the wrong thing. So many Christians are thinking improperly right now. You've got something going on in your mind that's so far from reality. And you think it's real. You, you can talk to people. I've talked to people through the years. I'm sure Pastor has, and many of you have. Uh, they would swear up and down that they're telling you the truth and telling you what's happening and telling you what they saw and what they think. And they don't know what they're talking about. That's delusion. And you can talk yourself into that. And you've got to be careful about talking about the wrong thing. And then when you talk in the, about the wrong thing, uh, you then can uh, do the wrong thing. 
do. You pray, you don't feel like your prayer life, and you're not getting the answer you need, then you start talking about things you shouldn't talk about. Start questioning God, you make your poor wife question God, make your husband question God. Your child has to, he, your child's confused, he don't know whether to believe God or not, because he goes, he goes back and forth, like somebody playing tennis. Our spirit, our attitude ought to be the same. I'm responsible for my spirit. You're not. I'm responsible. Uh, you can do things that affect my spirit if I let you. Same thing is true for you. So they're just upsetting me. Well, quit letting them. Quit letting them. Don't let them. I, I, we have this attitude that everything's got to be just the way we feel it and think it. And, and that is so far from truth and reality. Then we think about Jonah and the whale. You get in the wrong place. Well, hello, Jonah. How did you get there? God, I need out of this whale's belly. How'd you get there, Jonah? He ran from God's will. He ran from God's work. He decided to move his membership one night. And uh, he jumped out of there and took off, and he wound up in a mess. you got to understand, you, you don't just move because you feel like it. You don't move because you think something. You move when God tells you to move. You jump when God tells you to jump. But if God's not moving, you don't you don't move. But Jonah and Elijah ran under that juniper tree. All you do is run, run, run. What a place for the preacher to be under the juniper tree. Aren't you glad you don't have a pastor here that comes to the pulpit? Folks, I really need y'all to pray. I hope one day we can build a building. I hope one day we can come up with a dollar or two here and there. I hope one day that we can see a miracle. People have told us about it. Maybe, maybe we can see one one day. Oh, it would be wonderful, wouldn't it, if one day this could happen or that could happen and one day this would happen and, and you get there and everybody just gets down and discouraged. Well, preachers, I don't, we don't believe it's going to happen. We tell them the way it's called. And then you think, why should I believe it? Why should I think it? And we all have to encourage each other and help each other. You believe. You believe in faith. Believe in trusting God. He gives faith to you. He gives faith to the leader. He gives faith to be used to do something for him. Not faith so you can say you're a great prayer warrior. Not faith so you can say, look what I did with God's help. No. Anything that's got eye on it is no good. But this is how we are today. And we'll do the wrong thing. Moses did the wrong thing. He smote the rock. Numbers chapter 20. Man, it's hot out here. <laughs> don't, don't change it. We're going to turn to Luke 16 and start there. <laughs> Preach on hell for the rest of the week. You think about doing the wrong thing. Elijah ran. He became a coward. The man who was a fighter, the man who stood against Jezebel, became a coward. He became a coward. And that's what quitting is. That's what running is. It's cowardice. Difficulties become a way of life instead of the power of God. Difficulties are for us to increase our faith and to overcome and see God do great things. 
Mark chapter 5, the pastor preached about this last week or so. There's several incidences in there. You got a wild man, the maniac of Gadara, to start with, and then you got a Jairus' daughter, and you got that big crowd that surrounded him there. Couldn't move, couldn't get through. And then you had a woman with issue of blood. Right when you think she might get through the crowd, here she comes. And here is uh, Jairus, of course, wanting his daughter raised. And he, he knows that the time is getting short for his daughter, and they're pushing, and they're pushing, and they're pushing. And the crowd gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and, and, all, and frustration begins to set in. Then Jesus shows us when we trust him and he gives us the word, it's going to be okay. So Jesus just, one after the other, solved the problem. He didn't just wave his hand and everything changed. He solved the problem individually, one at a time. It's the way he works. That's the way the pastor works. And he helped by doing that. And then uh, you get in the wrong place wrong place. Jonah was in the well, Elijah was under the tree. You get in the wrong spirit. That's number whatever. <laughs> Make it up. Preaching in children's church or something. Get in the wrong spirit. What is the wrong spirit? <clears throat> the spirit of defeatism. I cannot stand whiners. If you're a whiner, I'm sorry. Stay away from I don't like whiners, complainers. We all can whine and complain. No, let's do something. It's so hard, it's going to be hard to build this building. Okay, let's build it. It's going to be hard to get, raise the money. Okay, let's raise the money. I, I, I don't know how we're going to do it. We don't either. But we believe God can. And God can instruct us. God can lead us and God can teach us. And God can still give miracles. He's always been a miracle-working God. And folks, he wants to give some of you have never had a miracle. You've never you've heard about them, but you never had them. You need to hear it. You need to experience a miracle as a church member. And see God do something miraculous. See an outpouring of his spirit. See the outpouring of souls saved by the hundreds. How the outpouring of spirit so you can see him come in and and where people said it couldn't be done, you show them it can be done because it's God's work. You stand behind your pastor. You stand behind the work. And you don't let anything get you in the wrong place. Get the spirit of defeatism, the spirit of murmuring. Man, it's so hard. It's so hard. Just shut up. <laughs> you know, somebody wants to do something for you, and you, 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 you come over and say, well, I said, I'm glad you're here. He says, I just hope you appreciate this because it's been so hard to do all this and so hard and you do this, that, and the other. And you're saying, yeah, it's hard for me to sit here and listen to you too. You know, <laughs> but uh, we, we have a spirit about us. It's either good or bad. We can have the spirit of defeatism. People who are negative and are defeated all the time, they're the last ones you want to tell anything. You don't want to tell them nothing. You just want to... Hurry up and do it and hope they don't find out you did it. That's why you always dread them. If you have a business meeting or you're at something and, and you throw it open for questions, you always dread those hands or see what goes up. But that's just life. You have to deal with that. You have to live with it. You don't have to just throw in the towel. You don't have to just quit. You don't have to say, it takes up too much of my time. Let's make up our mind to do something for God. 
get the spirit of grouchiness. You know, that's what happened to you. You become like Tracy Burns, a grouch. And uh, you don't want to become like that. Now, you shouldn't be a grouch. Everybody ought to think you're wonderful. Everybody ought to think that they, they can praise God for you because you lift their spirit. You help them to feel lifted up. You help them to feel like they mean something to the work of God. The spirit of criticism. Never criticize the church. Never criticize God's man. Never criticize your fellow brother and sister in Christ. Never criticize the, the Sunday school teacher. Never criticize anybody. Never criticize the old people getting away when you're trying to move fast. <laughs> Make up your mind not to be critical. You don't understand everything. We don't understand what God is doing. We don't understand what other people are doing, what the burden is that they have, what they're trying to navigate, what they're trying to get through. And so we should avoid that spirit of defeatism, the spirit of murmuring, and then the spirit of grouchiness. That's not homiletical correct or anything, but it needs to be said. The old grouch, shut up. I always wish somebody would say that. I said it for you. <laughs> and my wife's up in heaven now so she can't get over here. <laughs> but you, you need to you need to quit trying to be a grouch. Why can't you be excited if somebody else is excited? Why can't you be leading the, the applause and leading the, the charge and leading the victory and not, not belittling yourself and belittling others by not being excited? Spirit of criticism and then a bitter spirit. Bitter spirits defile people. They defile people. There's nobody here that needs a bitter spirit because a bitter spirit destroys you. A bitter spirit it rubs off on you. It's like somebody carrying a big old tub of bitter spirit or something, an acid or something, and they're trying to not spill it. It always spills out. And it always hurts someone. It'll kill someone. It can kill a home. It can kill a family. It can kill a father or mother. My friend, we must avoid the spirit of criticism and the spirit of murmuring, especially about others. Now, this is an exciting time. I'm God glad that God has let me still be alive and still be here and still see it done again by you folks. But it's got to be different this time. All of you got to pick it up and shoulder. And there's some of you. God's going to do a miracle for you if you let him. Or we all want a miracle for the church, but what's always the blessing? God, there's people who can get a miracle for themselves by getting a miracle for the church for God. This is opportunity time. This is time to excel. This is time to show. Oh, we believe the King James Bible? Well, let's show we do. We believe in doing God's work. Let's do it God's work, God's way. Let's do it all. But God will bless us if we don't quit. Even when it's hot like this, and you're made to preach in 120 degrees, and I'm not going to get a love offering. I just, it's just, it's just, but I'll do it with a good spirit. I'll do it with a glad spirit. Oh, folks, one of the things you've learned through the years is laughter is good for you. Hey, the devil comes and says something, he's laughing at him. His days are short. Just laugh at him. Get behind your preacher like you always have. Stand up and don't don't tolerate criticism. 
Anybody criticize the building? There's something, show them the door. Show them the door, show them the way out. I, I, I got these years, I wish they'd help them get out. But, uh, uh, don't let anything or anybody stop this work. Amen. Now, pastor's excited. I haven't seen him this excited in a long time. And I don't bug him. I don't try to ask him a bunch of questions and all. I let him just have his little fun and game, and he's having a good little run. He's having so much fun, if I was you, I'd just hang on, take the rope and wrap it around another strand, because uh, God's getting ready to do something. Amen. And I want to be a part of it. As long as I live, I want to be a part of it. And I shall be a part of it. And I thank you for letting me be a part, and my son for letting me be a part. And I'm just glad to be a part of anything, glad that God lets me breathe and we all need to feel that way it's a gift our life is a gift and because it's a gift let's treasure it let's hold it close to us and let's use it God would help us to use it to do many great things let's bow for prayer I'll let the pastor come